Want to unlock the potential of LinkedIn and accelerate the growth of your personal brand? My online LinkedIn program offers a step-by-step system to help you do just that. It's the same framework I use to grow my followings from 0 to 30,000 followers and 500,000 in income. Through three modules, you'll learn how to optimize your profile, create compelling content that people will consume, and leverage growth hacks to boost your visibility. The course is concise, easy to follow, and highly practical, with each module distilling hundreds of hours of research, experimentation, and first-hand experience. By completing this program, you'll gain the knowledge and tools you need to drive traffic to your profile, increase your top-of-mind awareness, and grow your connections. Whether you're a job seeker, business owner, or simply looking to promote a course, this program is the key to unlocking the power of LinkedIn for your personal brand. Learn more about this program at adriantan.com.sg slash LinkedIn. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Adrian Tan Show. On this podcast, I speak with entrepreneurs, HR leaders and coaches who have a great impact on the future of work. I hope to distill their life lessons so that the rest of us can learn from their best practices. Today, we'll be discussing the findings of People at Work 2022 survey brought to you by ADP. And this is specifically with regards to Singapore employees and the impact of pandemic on their work-related stress. According to the survey, which was conducted among a diverse range of employees across Singapore, the top three sources of stress were increased responsibilities, job security, and the length of the workday. Interestingly, the survey also found that employees over the age of 55 were more likely to be worried about job security than the average employee, with over 42% expressing concern compared to the general average of 35%. This suggests that the pandemic has had a significant impact on the employment prospect of older employees. This suggests that the pandemic has had an. This suggests that the pandemic has had a. This suggests that the pandemic has had a significant impact on the employment prospect of older workers in Singapore and highlights the need for employers and policymakers to pay particular attention to the challenges faced by this demographic. And to share more with us on this report will be Ms. Stephanie Sylvester, Senior Marketing Director at ADP Asia. She's a seasoned international marketing leader who has successfully led marketing and communication functions spanning 35 countries and 4 continents. Born and raised in Asia, Stephanie has spent a large part of her career working in tech and cross-tech industries in the region. She began her career in public relations, consulting agency side before transitioning in-house to run marketing functions at fortune-ranked industry leaders such as Intel and Verizon. She subsequently joined ADP in 2021. Hey Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thanks Adrian, great to be here. Help us understand, what are the three main sources of stress for employees in Singapore over the period of your survey? We run this survey every single year where we talk to workers around the world about a variety of different questions. And the 2022 survey was a follow-on from a series of questions that we ran throughout the course of COVID. And it was really interesting to see because during COVID, initially things started with, oh, everybody's gone into lockdown. They had high degrees of stress because of uncertainty. Over the course of two or three years, we've seen an evolution in that. And it's interesting because I think the number one uh, source of stress for most people is generally job security, right? But in this particular instance, And the last survey that we ran, it was actually increased responsibility without increased pay. And it's not really any surprise because during COVID, people were working from home and their work and their personal lives blended enormously. And so what you started to see 
was people having trouble separating those two things and people actually giving more time to work at home. Um, so it's not really surprising that was the number one stress factor. I wouldn't be surprised too. Being independent and working at home by myself, I do realize I have something in common with the average employee in the office that is, we don't really know how to manage our time when we are at home. And just like fulfilling the Parkinson law, we just fill in whatever spare time that we have. A disclaimer, I'm 44 years old, so I belong to the Gen X category. Did your respondent from other category like the boomers, millennials, especially Gen Z, do they feel similar? That was a common feeling across whether you're a single person, whether you're a married person without kids, whether you're a family with kids, or whether you're a person who is in a later stage of their career, everybody felt that blurring. And the response to that blurring was really was determined by all the other things that are happening in your life. If I take the example of many of my colleagues who have small children, or children in school, they would be trying to coordinate breakfast, lunch and dinner while their kids were trying to take lessons online, while they were trying to do conference calls and there might be a dog or a cat interrupting them walking across the screen. The kids would come up in the middle and then mum or dad might actually have to excuse me for a minute and run off and go and attend to the children, especially if they didn't have extended family at home who were able to help. And what that did was meant that everybody started time shifting and time slicing. Hmm. And at first, it was really difficult to adjust to because everything was just madness and chaos. But I think I think I remember reading somewhere, and excuse me if this is not entirely accurate, but it takes about 250 days to change a habit, to genuinely change a habit that is well and truly ingrained. And so I think because we spent so much time in lockdown, people started to get into a rhythm and a routine of how they would manage their time. And so they might have spent the days physically on a conference call when they were working from home. They might have then determined, okay, after the kids have gone to bed or after we've had dinner, I'm just going to get online and do a few emails or something like that. And so that time shifting and time slicing has generally become the norm for us. But also in doing so, right? It has introduced alternative types of stress. And I think one of the most important things that actually came out of the research over and above stress and job security and things like that was this idea of flexibility. It's the norm now, right? It's not a flex, it's not a perk in anybody's life. We need that flexibility because we got so used to working with that over time. I have been in situation where I'll be doing something and my kids would run into the room. Just my dog barking outside is enough to drive my stress level way through the roof. And these are the small little things that we try to manage well. The other thing that you mentioned would be on job security, which obviously would add to another layer of stress. When it comes to job security, again, looking at the different generations that may have responded to your survey, does it cut across as well or would it be a case where perhaps someone who is older might be a bit more concerned about job security, whereas the Gen Z will be like, I'll just become a TikToker or Instagram influencer? Across the board, if you look at all generations, job security or the people that cited job security as one of their top sources of stress ranged about 35% across the board. But when you started to look at people over the age of 55, that actually rose to about 42%. So, and there's a whole bunch of reasons potentially for this. Number one, you've got people with families 
added responsibilities, concerns about their ability to get another job, concerns about potentially being considered too old. The world is moving into a vastly different direction and digital skills are increasingly being demanded. But digital skills aren't just about using apps. We're talking about things like programming now. We're talking about things like the ability to be able to integrate solutions or analyze data in great depth. And if you've had, if you're over the age of 55, there's an element of retraining, uncertainty that comes with that. One of the key contributing factors to this stress is a pandemic-induced, which means we have to work from home, we have to manage work and our personal life at the same time. Does that mean that employers who are asking employees to return back to the office, are they actually doing us a favour by getting us all back into the office five days a week? It really depends on, number one, the industry that you work in, number two, the type of role that you do, Number three, the type of person and personal preferences that you, you have as, a, as far as engaging and communicating with people. Some industries, you simply cannot work from home. You can't work in a hospital and work from home at the same time. Some doctors can do telemedicine, but for the most part, if you're working in a hospital, you physically have to be in the hospital. Small business owners, if your small business is a retail business, Yes, you might have been able to set up something online, but for the most part, if you're a traditional bricks and mortar retailer, you're going to have to physically be in that location, right? So there's some industries that just don't lend to a full working from home or even in a hybrid environment. I think also the types of roles make a difference. So if you're lucky enough to have a role where it's very technology-centric and you can sit in front of a computer like you and I are doing today and having a conversation, it's a lot easier to be able to allow flexibility in a type of role like that than it is if you're a driver or a bus driver, let's say, or someone who works in construction. So every different type of company and every different type of employer has to make decisions about, we want to give you flexibility, what does flexibility look like? And it doesn't necessarily always need to be location. Right? What we've actually found as part of the ADP Research Institute research is that time is a very big influence as well. So the ability to be able to give people more flexible time in our office at ADP, we can start anywhere if we on the days that we go have to go to the office or are in the office, we can start anytime between 8 and 10 p.m. Our office is very flexible because many of our staff often have to talk to other geographies people in Europe or people in the US and they understand that we will have to occasionally work at night. And as a result of that, they give us that flexibility, which I really quite enjoy. Which would segue to my next question very nicely, which is what are some of the steps or other steps perhaps, uh, in addition to the one you mentioned that ADP is already doing, that employers can take to alleviate increased responsibility or even other aspects of source contribution for employees during this period? I think there's a range of different things that employees can do. So ADP, for example, we are currently on a 3-2 work week, right? We're an office-based environment. Most of our staff, as I mentioned before, can function utilising a computer and utilising a headset or something and be able to do things online. So that's why we're able to employ a 3-2 work week. ADP also gives managers discretion to provide employees with special who have special circumstances. So if I have some, one of my staff that says to me, I've got to go to the doctor this morning, is it okay if I work from home today? Then I have the discretion to be able to say, yes, of course, you do what you need to do. Or 
if someone's child gets sick and they don't have childcare and they're not able to arrange something like that quickly, of course, work from home, do what you need to do. Let me know if there's anything that I can do to help or support you or anything that needs to be done if you run into any trouble along the way. Other companies introduce things like flexible days. So they might give one day off a month, right, as a de-stress day or a relax day or a health and wellness day. Other companies allow you to, as I said, time shift or time slice so that you can apportion your days accordingly. I have a colleague that I work with who spends a lot of time on the phone with Europe and London. And so he starts his day at two o'clock in the afternoon, right? Because, and his eight hour, that's his preference and it gives him enough time to do other things during the course of the day. So there's lots of things that companies can do, but it depends on their structure, their workforce, the types of roles that they have and what they can potentially offer. There's really a lot of different things that employers could consider to improve the well-being of their employees, especially during this period of time. It reminded me of a recent news that I read. It's about e-commerce a giant Shopify. This was during the Christmas period and they did something really interesting. They did a calendar purge. So the company cancelled all non-essential meetings, including weekly, monthly check-ins. Most employees are pretty happy. I thought that was a good first step. Having said that, it's always a two-sided thing. Any tips for employees on what they could do to contain the stress level that they have at work? There's a wellness element that comes into this and a couple of different things come to mind. We tend to get overwhelmed when there's a lot of things around us, when there's a lot of noise happening, when there's a lot of people coming at us with questions and requests and desire, like whether it's your family or whether it's the people that you work with. So putting boundaries in place is really healthy, right? While we were at home, in the early stages of COVID, that was a little bit more difficult because we were just trying to think, figure things out. But it's also why hybrid working has become such a popular option. Because now you can put boundaries in place. You can put very specific things in place to help yourself. For people who are going into the office, typically if you go into the office these days, it's for collaborative reasons. You're not expected to go into the office just to physically be there, but you're expected to go and work with colleagues and spend that time talking and engaging and continuing to build relationships, which you can do online, but it's always much more personal when you meet someone one-on-one. You know, so the act of physically leaving your home, taking transport to the office and spending that time with those people is a form of boundary. Making sure that you give yourself a time that you're going to leave and sticking to it. You can do that at home or you can do that in the office. Giving yourself specific times. I have a colleague and the one thing that he does is every single lunch, he doesn't necessarily spend a ton of time eating, but he he goes out for a walk because that helps him clear his head. It enables him, regardless of whether he's in the office or whether he's at home, it gives him the option to give himself that dedicated time to to release some stress from his mind before he walks into the next thing. I think there's also an element of breaking down everything that comes at you uh, into smaller little bits because we can't cope with life when there's a tsunami but we can cope with life in drips or raindrops, right? Let's look at this thing first and then we'll take care of the next thing. If you are constantly looking at that great big wave of water that's about to come and hit you, that's when you tend to feel overwhelmed. And I think that one of the simplest things we need to do in our lives is break it down to the basics, add some boundaries, and then 
be disciplined with ourselves. And that's where people tend to find it a little harder. Do you think company can do a better job in educating employees about all these preventive measures? I've seen many instances where employer would say, oh, we're going to have yoga session, you can talk to therapists, etc., etc. Et but all this seems to be very reactive. What you mentioned about breaking things down, having compartmentalized them, going for a walk, maybe doing things in a different manner. I don't really see many companies guiding or coaching their employees on how to work better or how to do work in a more efficient manner. Is this something that companies are struggling with or is there some other reason why companies are not really focusing so much on that? A lot of companies are, but everybody has different needs. And so when you work in an HR role, for example, you're trying to be able to give as many options to the variety of people that you're working with as possible. And you can't 100% satisfy everybody all of the time because our lives go up and down and we have peaks and troughs and things happen. I personally feel that forward-thinking companies put structures in place. And there's examples that I can think of at ADP where, you know, for a while there, we would get a notification at 6 p.m. at the end of the day and it would say, do you really need to be logged in? So that was a really lovely reminder to say, you don't have to be online right now. You don't have to do this meeting. We would get little notes or internal communications that would say, have a lovely weekend, drop everything, spend time with your family. We would get notifications of opportunities. We're going to have a lunch today. Come and join us. Take two hours off and spend time with your colleagues. Little things like that. All of those things help. But I also think that there is a big onus on people, right? Because people help people. Our companies are corporate structure, but managers, the people who are managing their people, need to know their staff. They need to know what motivates them. They need to know what causes them stress. Right? They need to know the things that are most important in their lives, and then they need to help manage around that. That's why a really good manager is also generally a really good coach and can provide them with recommendations that are meaningful in their life as opposed to just providing a structure or a program around that, it's really the manager that brings those structures and those programs to life and really helps bring them to employees who are experiencing those things. Right now, what we are looking at in the world is a lot of layoffs. This might trickle down into the rest of the economy as well. With that sense of uncertainty, do you think employees or employers may approach all this very differently? Yeah, certainly. But I would also be cautious as to not give excessive attention to tech alone because there are many other industries in the world, right? And during COVID, tech went on a massive hiring spree, hiring all these people because there was a massive explosion in digitization. And now what we're seeing is the pendulum swim back and the readjustment happening. But there are plenty of other industries that are still relatively healthy, that are still healthy, that are still actually continuing to grow and to, I think there's a little bit of an economic uncertainty that's stemming from things in the world. Are we going into recession? Are we not going into recession? Things that are happening in China, because China's the closest it's been to recession for a very long time. That has a massive impact on those of us who live in Asia. So there's lots of news about tech, right? But tech actually only employs a very small proportion portion of the world's population. There's, it's a higher pop percentage in Singapore than it necessarily is in other parts of the world. But I still think that there are many other areas and many other different types of companies that are still offering plenty of opportunities beyond the great big giants. And I would look for those. 
for anybody that is experiencing tech layoffs, and I got a note from a friend of mine this morning saying, oh, happened to me. So I know many people that this has happened to, and it's really quite heartbreaking when it does happen, and it's very hard not to take it personally. But the one thing about Singapore is it's resilient, really resilient. And I think there will always be opportunities that come back. And while there are cycles where there have been layoffs occurring, in six months it could be booming again. What we're trying to do is ride out an an uncertain economy. And so the best thing you can do is look for roles that offer continuity and consistency and perhaps in slightly more stable industries. I'm certain the tourism and hospitality industry is doing fantastic right now with more and more borders opening. I highly agree, tech is just one small portion of the pie. Although by virtue of them always appearing in the news, it seems to give the impression that it's only tech and nothing else. But I'm sure that we all know that there are a lot more industries out there and that hopefully would help to cushion the amount of negativity or the kind of impact that what the tech companies are bringing out to us right now. And hopefully with that, you will also alleviate the kind of stress that people have in the job market and also on their own jobs. So thank you so much for coming on to the show today, Stephanie, to share the findings of the People at Work 2022 survey by ADP. For people who is keen to learn more about yourself, as well as the survey, where can they go to? I would suggest they go to sg.adp.com. Awesome. I will put this into the show notes. Once again, thank you, Stephanie, for coming on to the show. Thanks for having me, Adrian. Have a great rest of the week. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to more information about our guests and their businesses. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would be helpful to give a review on iTunes or follow me on Spotify. If you are using Overcast, please hit the star button under the episode. That will help get this episode and podcast out to more people who may find it useful. I'll see you in the next episode of The Agent Han Show.